This is the Dr. Duke Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Duke Show. I am Dr. Duke, and I am joined today by Alex Newman. Alex, how are you? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me, Duke. Always to be, always a good thing to be back with you today and any day. Uh, well, we're going to start with an interesting set of stories. Uh, what happens, you and I know the answer to this rhetorical question, Alex, what happens when the government is in charge of our kids instead of us? Well, let's hear Joe Biden making the claim before we in investigate that claim. Take a look, look at Biden himself here. There's no such thing as someone else's child. No such thing as someone else's child. Our nation's children are all our children. As I often say, you teachers hold the kite strings to lift our national ambitions aloft. You really do. Imagine, imagine, just imagine if we didn't have great teachers in this country. What, what difficulty we in. You are determining our future. Oh, good Lord. Now, I wonder hysterically if the reason he wants our kids to be his kids is so he can shower with them because he's got a history of doing that with his own child. Pretty creepy stuff. So we got two stories coming up that we're going to demonstrate just how bad it is when the nation owns our kids. Why don't you comment on Biden's comments first? He doesn't want to shower with them, Duke. He just wants to sniff them. I mean, come <laughs> on. <laughs> the guy is so creepy. It's so, and, you know, with all due respect to the office of the president, it, it, I wouldn't let my kids anywhere in the same city as that guy. He is so creepy. He's so out of touch. He's so inappropriate when it comes to children. We, we've all seen the endless reels of him, you know, grabbing some little girl, sniffing their hair and, you know, fondling. It is really, really creepy. And, of course, we've all seen the, the diary from his daughter about the inappropriate showering. Um, you know, that, that's the last guy in the universe who should be saying that they're all our kids. But, frankly, when I hear that kind of language, um, you know, I, I just see the little mustache and the children belong to the Reich. You know, it, it, this is really, really creepy stuff. This is like Chairman Mao stuff. This is Paul Pot stuff uh, where they, they try to collectivize the children, pry them loose from their parents. Uh, that's exactly what we're seeing today. What is especially troubling to me is that, you know, they used to kind of be in the closet about this for obvious reasons. The fact that they now are feeling bold enough to come out and say this openly. And of course, he's not the first one. Uh, his education secretary, education in air quotes, uh, Miguel Cardona was asked in a Senate hearing, um, you know, if, if parents are, are considered the primary uh, um, educators and, and the primary ones responsible, stakeholders was the term, uh, over the education of their children. And uh, Miguel Cardona says, well, yeah, the parents are important stakeholders, but we believe educators. Um, and so, you, of course, you had um, the, the creep who was uh, Obama's education secretary for seven years, Arne Duncan, uh, homosexual activist, uh, publicly saying that we think we need some of the kids 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and the rest of them, we want them in school, you know, 13, 14, 15 hours a day so that they can have all the activities that they need. Uh, this is Nazi rhetoric. This is not the behavior of elected officials in a free society, Duke. Well, the other creeping thing, creepy thing that Biden did is he was kick it, kissing up to the school unions when he was giving that speech about how Teachers are the ones who give, they're the kite strings. They give our kids the, the unmoored flight through the air. Some weird kind of just unbelievable, cringy, kissing butt of the teachers unions. And my response would be, if indeed the teachers are the ones who are responsible for our, for our kids' uh, success, 
How come they're failing all the classes? How come they can't read and write? I mean, it, what kind of a kite is it that it never gets off the ground when it comes to math and English and writing and science, but when it comes to radical sexuality and all the other garbage, they're right on top of that. So let's take a look at the first story. This is what happens, America, when people who run our schools think that our, our kids belong to them. This is in Colorado, a state that's rapidly imploding in terms of civil, civilization. Uh, the House of Representatives in the state of Wisconsin, voted recently on Bill HB 23-1135. This is a bill that was introduced to increase the severity of indecent exposure in front of a minor to a class six felony. In, you're, I'm sure you're not surprised to learn, Alex, that 27 Democrats voted against the bill with one saying she was concerned it would, quote, cause drag shows trouble. This is what they're, they're not worried about your kids seeing some people, somebody's adult junk. They're concerned about what protecting children from adult people flashing them would, how that would impact the drag queen constituency, Alex. Yeah. And, and this is the kind of thing we're seeing all over the country. In fact, uh, not too long ago, this was a few years ago, I wrote a story for Freedom Project uh, for, for my uh, the Newman Report blog that goes up at freedomproject.com. Uh, it was about a drag queen in a school. Uh, they invited a drag queen in her. her what am I saying? Her. His name was uh, his stage name was Jessica Lahore. And I wrote an article about this and said, you know, they, they brought in a, a drag queen called Jessica Lahore to teach the kids on career day. And, um, you know, I, it was like this avalanche of loony LGBT activists saying that I should kill my these are the, the tolerant people, right? That I should kill myself because I wasn't tolerant that, that I didn't think a, a drag queen needed to be in seventh grade classrooms teaching about career day so that the kids would learn to be drag queens. Um, and, and it's not just Colorado, of course. In Minnesota, the Democrats just voted against uh, an amendment that would have made sure that pedophiles are not considered a protected sexual orientation. Uh, in Washington state, as we talked about it here on the show uh, not too long ago, they just passed a bill that said the government can basically kidnap your children if they want to chop off their private parts or get an abortion. Uh, and they don't even have to tell the parents where this poor child is. So, you know, the Democrats uh, and, and even, unfortunately, some Republicans have moved so far outside the bounds of what is normal, what is acceptable. E even like the left wing Washington Compost did a poll and the overwhelming majority of Americans, even when you phrase it with the fake language of the left, uh, don't support chopping off private parts from children right? or gender affirmation, as they call it in the poll. Um, so so they are really, really far out there. I'm wondering what they think is going to happen in the elections. If we ever have legitimate elections, I wonder what they think is going to happen when the American people are allowed to vote on these things. Well, we have a video of one of these Democrats, who happens to be an African-American female. Let me just reflect on that momentarily. This is somebody who's a, C a critical race theory person. She's a Black Lives Matter person. She's all about protecting black folk. What about black kids, Leslie Harrod? Listen to her reason for not voting for this new law. These types of laws have been used to ban drag shows, to target individuals who use the restroom of the sex that they identify with, a public restroom, to charge them with felony charges. I am very concerned about the attacks against the transgender community that are happening across the country. When I initially read this bill, it did not even come to mind, for me either, as an advocate. 
But as I've looked at the bills and as I've talked to my colleagues who are fighting these types of bills across the country, it's very clear to me that the language is very much mirrored in some of the laws that have been used to target members of our community because of who they are. Alex, you and I are two of the people who spend most of our time monitoring culture and the news and what's going on. Can you give me a single example, just one, where trans people have been targeted and assaulted? Can you give me an example from the, the news? Just one, just one that you can think of. I'm actually not aware of one. In fact, they, they usually have to manufacture fake ones like the, the Matthew Shepard case. You know, no mention of the fact that there was a drug deal involved and the, the drug deal went bad. You know, they just make it out to be an attack on a homosexual. So they, they actually have to invent them uh, very much like they do with the, with the racial incidents. And we've seen over and over again. Uh, what was that guy's name? Jesse, Jesse Smollett. Smollett. Or whatever. Yep. Yeah, they just have to invent uh, uh, hate crimes against uh, people for their race or for their sexual orientation because there aren't enough in the real world. Yeah, no, there's absolutely truth to that. The second thing I want to point out here is it's already illegal to flash children. It's already. This is not like Colorado is just now going to punish adults who are flashing children. No, that's already in the books. All they're trying to do is if you are caught doing this to children, it now moves from a, a serious misdemeanor to an actual felony. So her whole argument is art. She, what she should be arguing for, if she were intellectually honest based on what she wants, is a complete removal of all laws protecting children because, you know, some dude may be in a girl's bathroom flashing himself, and we wouldn't want to treat that the same as some pervert in a park pulling his pants down. And again, Alex, what in the world is the difference between those things? Yeah, it, it, this is so, so troubling. And you know your society's in big trouble when it refuses to protect even its most innocent and young members. Uh, and that's where we are right now. Right. Uh, just earlier before uh, we started recording, we were talking about this uh, six year old girl who was forced to give oral sex in a classroom while the teachers standing there uh, and the other kids are videoing it on their iPad. We're talking six year old kids um, in, in Texas. Right. How in the world can this be happening? And the answer is uh, Americans have, uh, thanks to multiple generations of dumbing down and indoctrination in the public schools, vile entertainment. Uh, we now have become so degenerate that this stuff doesn't even phase us anymore. It's um, it's absolutely terrifying. This is what happens when you sexualize children this way. When we teach kids that r drag queens and scantily dressed drag queens belong in kindergarten classrooms, when we got this arg dumb argument that the public schools know better than parents how to raise their kids. These are the circumstances. Just talk briefly about what happened in Texas. Yeah, so, so this was vile. Um, and apparently this had been a, a long track record of these types of abuses happening. And so it finally came to a head when um, the video of this six-year-old girl giving oral sex to a boy. Uh, apparently she was forced or coerced or something like that. When the video emerged, the parents got a hold of it and they started sharing it with each other, right? It's not like the, you know, the, the school went and told the parents. They found out on their own and multiple parents have come out and said, no, nobody's identifying the parents in the press because they don't want to identify the kids for, for privacy purposes, obviously. But uh, you have multiple parents now saying, look, this has been going on for a long time. The school's not doing anything about it. Um, and, and in fact, you and I both know, Duke, that this kind of stuff would never be happening if these kids were not being exposed to very raunchy, disgusting, perverted sex propaganda. Uh, you know, I've dealt with a lot of six-year-olds. I have a six-year-old, and I've had multiple six-year-olds. I've got multiple kids who went through that phase. They play with cars. They catch bugs. They, you know, they go outside and, and they play cowboys and Indians and stuff. I don't know if that's PC anymore. They don't think about oral sex when they're that age unless some disgusting 
filthy adult is putting these thoughts in their mind. And that's what's happening here. It all goes back to Alfred Kinsey, the subhuman piece of trash responsible for the uh, rape and sexual torture of hundreds, maybe thousands of children. Uh, and, and he was so vile, he actually took notes. That he actually was training pedophiles with stopwatches to sexually abuse children and then record scientifically what they were doing. Um, and, and this was back in the 40s, 50s. A CIA was involved. Rockefeller money was involved. Uh, and the, the birth of sex education goes directly back to this piece of trash. Uh, his crew was involved in forming the SECAS, the Sex Education Information Council of the United States. Now it's just called SECAS, Sex Ed for Social Change. Um, these are the people who brought this stuff into the classroom. And what we're seeing now with these six-year-old children, what we're seeing now across the country with the confusion, the perversion, it all goes back to this vile indoctrination, and it's deadly. And we're talking today about the vileness of this that we've talked about a lot on this show, but also now this increasing argument that we heard from Joe Biden that our kids belong to the nation, not really to the parents. After the break, we've got another horrifying show, uh, story to share with you about the consequences of pretending that anybody but mom and dad owns our kids. Today's episode is brought to you by Freedom Project Academy. Take back your kids' education. FPA's fully accredited classical curriculum provides live, on-demand, and homeschool courses built on Judeo-Christian values. Request your information packet and save 10% on tuition by visiting freedomforschool.com. That's freedomforschool.com. Dr. Duke back with Alex Newman. And before the break, we were talking about how Joe Biden and a host of other educrats and morons and progressives are starting to really ramp up this argument that the kids belong to the state, they belong to government, they don't belong to parents. Miguel Cardona, the Department of Secre Education Secretary, wouldn't even confirm that uh, parents are the, the primary stakeholders in their kids' education. He believes it's the public schools. And we have another example of this kind of, of, of the danger of allowing the state government to actually be the ones who think that they get to control our kids in every way and using education to do it. Well, the House of Representatives narrowly, because as you know, the Republicans have a very narrow lead uh, majority in the House. The House of Representatives passed legislation on Thursday to protect women's sports and girl, little girl sports by banning male athletes who identify as women from competing, particularly in the schools. I'm I know it will not surprise you in the least, Alex, that not one, not a single of the 200 and plus Democrats, not one of them, voted for this bill. Yeah. Protect women. Oh, yeah. Well, we let all that go out the window. Right. Uh, so much for all the, the feminism and all the rest of it. Um, we are living in very, very strange times. And, um, you know, you, you feel just terribly bad for, for our wives, our mothers, our sisters, our daughters. Um, you know, they're, they're never going to win another sports competition in their lives if this isn't turned back. And, of course, it's just the tip of the iceberg, right? This, this is not the final destination. If we let them get away with this, the next step will be even more crazy, of course.
Yeah, and there's no doubt about that. And so uh, this protection bill is called the Protection of Women and Girls Sports uh, Act of 2023. It would amend Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972, such that recipients of federal financial assistance which operate sport leagues cannot permit a person whose sex is male to participate in athletic programs or activities designed for women and girls. Before we even get into this, I got to ask you this question, uh, Alex. So here you have the Congress doing what legally the Congress must do. It is Congress who makes laws, not the executive, not the president. So here you have the Congress trying to pass legislation to protect girls. Meanwhile, just a few weeks ago, we had the president of the United States, who doesn't have the authority to do so, to change Title IX, not by going through Congress, by not having representative government deal with it, but he, with the stroke of a pen, decided to add gender to Title IX, simply taking his little purple crayon and drawing a little purple carrot, right, to insert gender. Uh, This is two two tales of, of law and order and the attempt to do things correctly and the lawlessness we're seeing from this president. Yeah, and, and of course, uh, Biden is not the first one to do this. It's been a, a long track record of presidents getting more and more extreme, more and more power centralized in uh, the hands of the executive branch of the federal government. But of course, on the right side, all of this is unconstitutional. So we still have that beacon to go back to. Of course, the Constitution explains that all legislative power is vested in Congress. That means zero legislative power is vested in the executive branch. Uh, and, you know, there's a place for executive orders. Like, you know, we need more paper clips. Uh, we need more uh, Keurig coffee cups for the office, right? There, there's a place for the president to issue some orders to his staff. But of course, he has no authority at all to make these kinds of decisions for local public schools. Um, and and so, you know what, I'm, I'm very pleased, Duke, that finally some states are starting to catch on and they're saying, look, uh, you know, Oklahoma and Tennessee, I've covered recently at the at the Newman report, uh, they're now uh, looking at legislation to cut off all federal funding to their school systems. That's what needs to happen. I mean, when you have a, a demented team of individuals like the ones that we have in, in the White House demanding that men be allowed to shower with our daughters, when, when we have a, a, a People demanding that six-year-olds be taught raunchy sex ed stuff. Uh, and if not, we're going to cut off the money. Well, keep your money. We're not going to hurt our kids. Uh, and so I, I think the more they push, the more people are going to wake up. At least I hope so. And I hope enough people wake up before it's not too late. Well, you know, to all the f- people that you and I have talked to over the years, I mean, it would be really nice to get rid of the Department of Education and therefore uh, take that conduit for money from Congress through to the public schools. That'd be great. But you know as well as I do that in most states, overwhelmingly, the problem is state-led as well. The vast majority of state legislatures, uh, state school departments of education, excuse me, are completely complicit with this. They are radical lefties. And in even very conservative states, you have very liberal departments of education. Glad to hear that Oklahoma and Tennessee are trying, at least, to remove the pipeline for the feds. That would be a great first step. Then you're going to have to roll up your, le- your sleeves and really go after your own state departments of education. But But as we both know, it's much easier to control things at a state level than at the Fed level. Meanwhile, this legislation passed with 219 affirmative votes, every Republican, and 203 negative votes. The Democrats have gone to great lengths, Alex, as you know, to completely talk down this amendment to make it hysterical. Uh, The uh, 
excuse me, Representative Virginia Fox, the chairwoman of the House Education Workforce Committee, said in a floor speech on Wednesday, a couple of weeks ago, quote, it's quite telling when the other party attempts to tear things down without offering an alternative vision. Democrats refuse to posit a reason for allowing biological men to compete in women's sports that comports with the principles of athletic competition. And she's exactly right. But as we saw in the previous segment where the Colorado Democrats were arguing, if we protect kids from flashers, we might get some drag queens in trouble and we don't want this. The left is doing the exact same thing with this bill, suggesting that the only reason Republicans don't want men in girls sports, you know, is because Republicans hate trans people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that's just they, they all know very well that nobody hates trans people. Nobody hates homosexuals. Nobody's scared of them. Right. There's nobody I've ever met in my life who's got an irrational fear of people who are confused about their gender. There's nobody I've ever met in my life who's got an irrational fear of uh, people who choose to engage in homosexuality. That's just a red herring. That's what they do. They try to manipulate language. They try to manipulate emotion. Um, and so they say, well, if you don't agree with what we're doing, if we don't agree with us sexualizing your children, then you hate people or you have an irrational fear of homosexuals. Uh, it's just a rhetorical tool to try to silence criticism. Um, and it works on, you know, intellectually um, uh, challenged people who don't have the ability to see through this, who don't have the ability, who don't have the backbone to stand up to this kind of manipulation. And so uh, we need to understand this is very strategic. It's not because these people actually believe that anyone hates anyone or anyone has a phobia of someone. Uh, this is manipulation of our emotions and our language. Well, I repeat again for the purpose of irony, Joe Biden, who ch who amended Title IX with his crayon again, with just just on his whim as the executive. He doesn't have the right to do that, but he did it. Nobody seems to care about that. Meanwhile, the Republican controlled Congress goes ahead and, and does legislatively what it should. There are 219 Republicans, only 203 Democrats, which means this issue passed. Now the irony, he goes to the Senate, which has is a, a slight majority for the Democrats. And even if you could peel off one or two Dems, I don't know that they're going to be able to to vote this through. Then it goes to the desk of Biden and Biden, who without the power to do so, rewrote Title IX without co consulting Congress, now gets to veto Congress for doing what it legally means to do. This is how completely out of whack this system has become. Yep. And, and I would add in there, too, Duke, that I, I think we need to understand the Republican leadership is complicit in all of this. They're, they're trying to play us for fools. Um, all they have to do is when they pass a funding bill, say not one penny in this uh, appropriations bill may be used to uh, fund or enforce or or mandate any kind of weird gender stuff in the bathrooms of public schools. And Joe Biden can choose to veto the, the budget and cry and whine, oh, Republicans are shutting down the government. But we all know what's really going on here. It's that the Republican leadership, they're either complicit or they're cowards. Uh, this is not the correct order of things, right? It's not that Joe Biden comes up with a decree and then Congress has to pass a law to stop his decree. All they got to do is say no money for your crazy order. And that's the end of the story. They're, they're, Joe Biden does not have a printing press. He does not have a magic wand. If the Republicans in the House of Representatives don't give him money, none of these crazy ideas that he's putting out with his purple crayon will ever come to fruition. So Republicans, we're watching you and we're on to you. Yeah, but Alex, the 
press will say say mean things about the Republicans, and they might not win again in two years. You would you <laughs> wouldn't wa- river, right? you wouldn't want that, would you, Alex? You're just you're just so mean, Alex. Because really, the important thing for Republicans is you know hanging on to their majorities. It actually so they have keep to keep selling us out. It, there you go. Yes, I, I I think you. I didn't need to use sarcasm font there, did I? With you, you were with me from the beginning. And that's going to wrap up the show. If you have any questions, comments, or want to support this show, simply visit drdukeshow.com. For all of us at The Dr. Duke Show, thanks. And we and Alex, uh, in particular, will be hit with me again next week. And back we come. 